church today. Glad you made it to church today. Turn to that one you really didn't want to talk to and say, I'm glad you're here too, I guess. Glad you're here too, I guess. Our teams are going out to their service. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Uh, Before we get into our new series that we're starting today, uh, I wanted to really do something a little special. Um, Tony Beasley, such an amazing uh, friend of mine and a friend to this church, uh, received a phone call as he was pulling into the parking lot. Uh, His daughter-in-law, Miss Sherry Tysinger, her son... Uh, in his early 20s, passed away last night. And so, uh, just just very tragic uh, turn of events. And so, could we just take one quick... And I know, guys, we're going a little over today, but just, just give me just a moment here. Let's just take one second and just... There's Mr. Tony right there. And uh, just pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over that family. God, I pray for this mother who woke up this morning to the reality of her son not being there. God, I pray blessings on this family. I pray that you would give them strength. I pray you would give them comfort. Father, you know the days ahead, they're going to be hard. They're going to be horrible. But Father, I just pray for a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lift them up in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you guys so much. Uh, for that, and thank you for being here today. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Transformed. Yes, from useless to useful. I love that tagline. And you know, I was thinking this past week, how many of you guys remember old school TV? Come on, anybody remember like old school five, seven, nine, eleven? Come on, where you at, old folks? Amen. You remember the parents used to have the the antenna on the outside of the house, and when they changed the channel, it was staticky, and so you as the child had to go outside, move the antenna until it was right. Some of you guys were blessed. You You would reach your arm out the window and turn it. I had to literally go outside. But then we moved up in the world and we got the rabbit ears. How many of you remember the rabbit ears? You know, you remember the rabbit ears? And mom would always say, hey, go up there, you know, turn the ear like this, turn it like that. And so, you know, and then she'd say, hold it, don't move. And then you'd have to stand there because you were the child in the house. And then we figured out tenfold. Come on, thank God for tenfold. Come on, you put a little tenfold on that thing. And then you just put that, and then you could sit down. So that's old school TV. I know for some of you guys, you don't understand that today because everything now is like watch on demand. You don't have to wait for anything. But old school TV. How many of you remember the TV guides? Come on, holla, TV guides. You'd look in that TV guide and you'd say, okay, my movie's coming on Thursday at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be there Thursday at 7 o'clock. And so Thursday, 7 o'clock come, and something would always happen to where you couldn't connect with your movie. And so you'd bust up in there like 7.30. So you've already missed like 20 or 30 minutes of the beginning of the show you just wanted to watch. And so now you sit down and you're like, okay, that's cool. I can piece it together. I can figure it out. No big deal. And so then you get about 20 or 30 minutes watching that show in the middle, but something happens again, and you never get to watch the end. Because how many of you know there's no pause on old TV? There's no pause on old TV. And so now you've watched the middle 20 or 30 minutes 
of the favorite show that you were dying to watch. And so now you got to go the rest of your life only knowing what's in the middle. Can anybody relate to that other than me? I say all of that because the book that we're about to get into today is actually a letter. The letter to Philemon is a lot like that. The letter to Philemon is a lot like a movie that you've missed the first part of it and you've missed the last part of it and all you have is the middle. For instance, before the letter was even written, Philemon became a Christ follower through the preaching of the Apostle Paul. So he accepts Christ into his heart. He goes back home. He is a wealthy slave owner. Now, we don't condone that today. We know that. But in that day, it was a very common uh, thing to do. So here's what happened, though. One of his slaves, a guy by the name of Onesimus, runs away, steals money from him, and runs away. And so here's Philemon. He's got a slave that stole from him and run away from him. But Onesimus runs headlong into the Apostle Paul. So now Onesimus accepts Christ into his heart and begins to help Paul in the ministry. And so now all of this has taken place before the letter has even been written. And so now you've got the Apostle Paul and he's writing a letter to Philemon appealing to him to see Onesimus not as he was, but as he had become. To see him because of Christ and to relate to him not as a slave, but to relate to him as a fellow laborer in the Lord. All because Onesimus had been transformed by the power of God. So over the next three weeks, we're going to look at one of the most amazing stories, letters in all of the Bible. And my belief that if you would take these principles that we're going to learn over the next three weeks and apply them to your life, that you too can be transformed by the power of God. So what I want to do today, for the sake of time, I just want to lay a little foundation today. And I want to just give you three foundational points on how to be transformed. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. Here's the first one. When it comes to transformation, number one, don't deny the problems, face them. Don't deny the problems, face them. Let's do a little pop test real quick. Who wrote the letter? Paul did. To whom did he write the letter to? Philemon. Why did he write the letter? Because Onesimus was a thieving runaway slave, but now he's saved. And although that is great and that is amazing and that is loving, here's the thing that you have to understand. Onesimus still had some things that he had to work on. And so the Apostle Paul, who loves him like a son, writes to him in Philemon chapter 1 verse 12, and he says, I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. So no doubt the Apostle Paul loved Philemon deeply. He loved Onesimus deeply. But Onesimus had a choice to make because he had come to the conclusion in his life that he would never fully be free until he was honest with himself, honest with God, and honest with the people that he'd hurt and faced his problems. He had to own up to it. He had to deal with it. Because denying it and rationalize it and try to explain it away, that would only prolong the impact that it was going to make. He didn't want to prolong it. And so Paul is sending this letter and Onesimus, it appears, because again, this is the end of the story, we don't know. It appears that Onesimus decided to go back home to Colossae and make things right. But here's the thing. He also knew the consequences of going back. 
Because in that day, there were 60 million people living in the Roman Empire. 25% of them were slaves. So 15 million out of the 60 million people were slaves. And so as a result of that, the slave owners took a hard line with the slaves. So the least amount of punishment that Onesimus faced going back was he would be beaten and he would have a brand put across his forehead labeled as a fugitive for the rest of his life. More than likely, though, he would be executed on the spot. No trial, no due process, no appeal. He would be killed by crucifixion. And that's why Paul wrote the letter for Onesimus to take back. And he is appealing to Philemon in verses 8 and 9. Again, Paul speaking to Philemon. And he says, I'm boldly asking a favor of you. He says, I could demand it in the name of Jesus Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer to simply ask you. What's he asking Philemon to do? He's asking him to show love and grace and forgiveness and mercy. Because in verse 5, Paul says, hey, I've heard about the way you're loving people. I've heard about the way you're treating people and how you're showing this love to people. And I'm asking you to show the love to Onesimus as well. Not because he deserves it, but because he's a brother now. And again, Onesimus knowing all of this, but he also knew that he would never be free until he was able to go back and deal with the problems of his life. And so he decided to trust Paul, but more importantly, he decided to trust God. So the first lesson of transformation, if you really want to be free, don't deny your problems, face them. And I press that issue because the temptation for all of us is to just deny the problem, to deny the past, to rationalize it and hope it'll go away. But you understand when you do that, it's a lot like holding a stick of dynamite in your hand and the fuse is lit. So you're sitting here with a stick of dynamite, the fuse is lit, and you're saying, oh, it's going to be all right. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to mess with this. But you understand the fuse is lit, honey. You've got to deal with the problem. If you're not willing to deal with the problem, it's going to explode in your hand, and there's all kinds of collateral damage that will take place. So a lot of times we want to push things away. So here's a question I have for you today. What are your problems? What are those things that you're not willing to deal with? What is it about your past that haunts you? And be honest with yourself today. Because the truth is, so many of us today, we're held in bondage by things that have happened in our past. We've had labels put on us. And things that we're not willing to deal with, but you understand the fuse is lit. So you have to deal with it. But here's a truth that I really want to get in your spirits today. If you're taking notes, write this down. God's power is always bigger than your past. God's power is always bigger than your past. God's truth about you is bigger than any current truth you have in your life. In fact, some of you right now, the things that people have said about you, they are true about you. Think about Onesimus. He was a thief. He was a liar. He was a runaway slave. And so some of you right now, you're looking at your past. You're looking at the, the things that have happened in your life. And yes, they are true about you. But here's what I want you to understand. What's true about you today does not have to be true about you tomorrow. 
I believe with all of my heart that God can speak into your lives today and He can make what is and make it no longer true about you that God by His power can break the past off your lives today if you will trust Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I love this scripture. It says, anyone, turn to somebody and say anyone. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? A new person. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter how bad your past has been. If you have accepted Christ into your heart today, the old life is gone. A new life has come into you. The power of sin that held you back can be and is broken in Jesus' name. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. All of the past has been washed away with. The newness of Christ has come into your life today. It's available to you. That which held you hostage can hold you hostage no more because of Christ. So whatever that problem is in your life, whatever that thing in your past is, deal with it. Deal with it. Trust God. Be still in the presence of the Holy God. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And He will reveal to you anything that is unresolved in your life right now. But here's my challenge. When He reveals it to you, and He will, you have to face it. No matter what it is, because that's part of your transformation. But when He reveals things to you, you actually have four options. These are not in your notes, so you might want to write these as I go through them. You have four options. Number one, you can curse it. You can curse it. Why does it have to be this way? Why do these things always happen to me? I deserve better than this. On and on and on. You can curse it. Or number two, you can nurse it. Poor pitiful me. It's just not fair. I'm the victim here. And you know what? Hey, I might have done what you said I've done, but you've done stuff too. You've done stuff worse than me. I deserve better. I deserve all of this. Onesimus is sitting there and he's like, Philemon owed me that money. He wouldn't give it to me, so I took my money and run. So again, you can nurse it or number three, you can rehearse it. You can just play that thing over and over and over again in your head until it becomes the limit to how far your life can grow. Or number four, you can let God reverse it. You can let God reverse it. Let the life-giving transformation power of an all-loving God change you and transform you to put your past in the past. 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 15. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Don't be afraid of the things that are coming against you right now. Don't be afraid of the things that have happened in your past. Don't be afraid of the obstacles in your way. Why? Because the battle is not yours, it's God's. Onosimus didn't deny his problem. He trusted God to face it, and he knew God would work it out for him. So when it comes to being transformed in your life, don't deny your problems, face it. But here's the second foundational principle I want to give you today. Don't let your past define you. Don't let your past define you. Let's look at verse 11. This is one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture. Verse 11 says this, Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Turn to somebody and say, formerly useless, but now useful. Let me do that again. I messed it up. Formerly useless, 
but now useful. <laughs> yeah, you get up here. Anyway, so formerly useless, but now useful. Here's what I want you to get. One of the cool things about this letter is Paul was actually doing a play on words here. Because the name Onesimus literally means useful or profitable. And so Paul was acknowledging this in a way that Philemon would recognize. He was saying, hey, we both know he's been useless to you. We both know he's been living up to a name that his past has put on him. He's been living up to a name that sin has put on him. He's been living up to a name that the culture has put on him. He is a thief. He is a liar. He is a crook. He's useless. And oftentimes in life, we allow our past to define us. We allow our mistakes to define us. But when you come to Christ, He gives you a new name, a name that is not defined by your past, but a name that will describe your future. That's what Christ does for us. And so this is Onesimus, formerly useless, but now useful. Why? He's finally living up to the name that God gave him. How? Because he accepted Christ into his heart. He gave him his life. And I can only imagine the tension that this calls for Philemon. Because here's Philemon, and he's expecting to show love and grace and mercy. But he's sitting here, and he's got all of these emotions running through his heart and in his mind. And he's saying, wait, this guy was my slave. He stole money from me. He ran away from me. He's useless to me. I don't trust him. I can't do anything with him. He's dead to me. But as a believer, he knew the life-changing power of God because he himself experienced it. Formerly, he was useless, but now he's useful. And what I want you to get this morning is that this is not just a 2,000-year-old story. This is a 2019 story that God, through the power of Christ, can give you a new name today. Isaiah 62.2 says this, You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. Many of you in here today, you've been held back by your past. You've been held back by failure and regret and disappointment. And you've believed what others have called you. But God is going to give you a new name. He's going to replace your old title, your old label with a new name. And you're going to have a formerly but now moment with God. I thought about a guy by the name of Jacob. The name Jacob literally means trickster, swindler, liar. But God comes into his life and gives him a new name, Israel, which means prince with God. He had a formerly but now moment. In in Judges chapter 6, there was a guy by the name of Gideon, and he was afraid. He was hiding out in fear of his life. And all of a sudden, an angel comes to him and says, you're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty warrior. What happened? He had a formerly but now moment with God. God can give you a new name. What you've been labeled by in your past will no longer be true about you. And I believe that for some of you in here, God's given you a new name right now. You're having a formerly but now moment with God. And you may feel unworthy of that. You may feel like I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. This is not for me. But here's what you need to understand. God will help you grow into your name. 
For some of you, you're going to receive the name forgiven. And even though you don't feel like it, even though all of the past sin and regret and despair has been on you, God said, that's your name. You're forgiven today. Some of you, He's going to give the name overcomer. And your whole life, you've been the tail and not the head. You've been below and not beneath. And people have told you, you'll never overcome this. And you'll never overcome that. But that is your name today. And you're going to get a marker and you're going to grow it across your forearm that Romans 8.37 says, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. That is your name today. Some of you don't even feel adequate as a mom. You feel like, well, I don't measure up. But God is going to speak something into your heart today and let you know that you are a mighty woman of God. You are a spiritual mom and you have what it takes to do what God has called you to do. God is going to call some of you a spiritual leader. And you're going to step up and you're going to lead your family. You're going to step up and you're going to help lead teenagers in bridge students. You're going to step up and you're going to help lead bridge kids. You're going to step up and you're going to lead a bridge group. Some of you, God is looking at you and says, Hey, you, you may have thought you were an addict, but I'm going to do something in you to raise you up and use you to help other addicts get off of what they've been addicted to. God is going to use you today. Don't let the label of your past define you. You define it by Jesus Christ. Formerly useless, but now useful. Come on, turn to somebody and say, formerly useless, but now useful. Formerly I made some bad decisions, but now I'm helping others to avoid the same mistakes I made. Formerly the enemy used my choices to hurt people, but now the enemy has no power over me and I'm going to help people. Formerly I was lost in my sin, but now I'm found. Formerly I was blind, but now I see. Formerly, but now. And some of you can feel the joy of that right now in your hearts because you remember that formerly but now moment you had with God. Others of you in here, hear me. Today is your day. This is your moment. This is your opportunity opportunity with God. Formerly you were stuck in past mistakes, past regrets, past pain, but from now on you're not going to focus on what was, you're going to focus on what's coming in Jesus' name. Formerly you denied your past problems. You avoided them until they defined you, but now you will be defined by who Jesus is. Formerly your marriage was barely hanging on, but now there's truth, there's forgiveness, there's love, there's mercy rising up in that home. And now you're looking at it and other people are saying, well, that's good for others, but it'll never happen to you. But hear me today. I believe God sent me here to tell you the devil is a liar. This is possible for you. No matter what your past is, today you can have a divine appointment with God. Formerly but now. Ephesians 5.8 Formerly you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Colossians 1.21 At one time you were separated from God. You were God's enemies in your minds because of the evil deeds you did were against God. But now Christ has made you God's friends again. Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, In the past you were without Christ, you had no hope, you did not know God, but now, Christ Jesus, you are brought near to God through the blood of Christ's death. Formerly useless, but now useful, transformed by the power of a resurrected Lord. 
If you want to be transformed in your heart, if you want to be transformed in your life, what do you got to do? Number one, don't deny the problems. Face them. Number two, don't let your past define you. But then here's number three. Focus on the future and not the former. Focus on the future and not the former. God will give you a new future. Let me say that again. God will give you a new future. Man, I could tell I hadn't been with you guys in three weeks. God will give you a new future. (laughs) I know some people that are so pessimistic about their future. My life is going nowhere. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be happy. I'm always going to be alone. I'm always going to be miserable. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm always going to battle headaches, on and on and on and on. But hear me today. Don't you ever insult God with faithlessness about your future. Don't ever insult God with faithlessness about your future. Because here's what God says, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Maybe some of you in here, you've, you've been labeled always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I'm 30, 40, 50 years old. I'm never going to find a good man. I'm never going to have a good marriage. I'm going to be stuck with this bump on a log my whole life. I'm going to be stuck with a woman that just nag, nag, nag like a dripping roof all of the time. Hear me today. Out of your greatest weakness, God can raise up your greatest strengths. Don't ever insult God with faithlessness about your future. I'm always going to be in debt, Pastor. You don't understand. Listen, God can give you a burden for wise financial management, and you can get so radical about that that you're going to get out of debt, and you're going to have a Sharpie, and you're going to draw Dave Ramsey across your chest, and you're going to help other people get out of debt too. Don't insult God with faithlessness about your future. Why? Because out of your greatest weakness, the label of your past, God rises up a strength and He gives you a hope and a future. There's a lady in the Bible that was labeled one of the worst things that you could ever be labeled. Her name is mentioned eight times in the Bible. Six out of those eight times, there was a negative label attached to her name. She was known as Rahab the prostitute or Rahab the harlot. And you know what? The label was true about her. She was a prostitute. And you can only imagine the the emotion that came with that, that she carried every single day. I'm only used goods. I'm only good for one thing. I'll never be good enough. I'll never have a good marriage. God will never love me. But then the Scripture says she started to hear about the God of Israel and it says that her heart began to melt. And for some of you in here today, you've heard these stories. You've heard about a God that loves you and cares for you. And maybe your heart is beginning to melt. And so Rahab has an encounter with God. She turns her life over to God. God gave her a new name and she knew it. She was transformed. She was forgiven. And with her new name came a new purpose. And with that new purpose came a new future. And God did what no one else thought could be done. He sent a God-fearing man by the name of Salmon into her life. And so now you've got her and Salmon and they have a son named Boaz. 
Boaz finds a woman by the name of Ruth and he hooks up with Ruth and they get married and all of a sudden they have a son by the name of Obed. And here's Obed, Obed whose grandmother is a prostitute. Obed whose grandmother said that nothing good will ever come out of her. She'll never find a good man. She'll never be valued at all. But Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named Jesse. And Jesse's great-great-grandmother, who nobody saw any value in, who nobody said she would amount to anything, she's only good for one thing. She'll never do this and she'll never do that. All of a sudden, Jesse has a son named David. David. David has a son named Solomon, and 42 generations later comes Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sent to take away the sins of the world. Out of Rahab, a prostitute, came Jesus, the Savior of the world. Don't you dare let anybody put a label on you and tell you you're less than and you're useless because our God in Christ Jesus can take what was bad and turn it around into something good. He can take what was useless and make you useful to His glory and to His honor. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house. You're not useless. I don't care what anyone has said about you. I don't care what, what people have labeled you as. You're not useless today. You're useful. And God can use you. Regardless of whatever's going on in your life right now, He can use you. Don't deny your past. But don't live there. Don't let it define you. There's a reason why a windshield is a whole lot bigger than a rearview mirror. Because where you're going is a lot more important than where you've been. Stop focusing so much on where you've been and focus on where you're going. And let God begin to transform your heart in your life. Are you hurting? Is there things in your past that you've allowed to define you? Why? I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But I refuse to let a mistake in my past define the future that God has for me. My eyes are forward. I'm fixed on Him. There's been some things I've had to go back and I've had to deal with. Because remember, the dynamite is lit. And you got to deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, it's going to explode in your hand. So deal with the dynamite. Where are you at today, guys? God wants you transformed. He wants you useful, not useless. Stand with me all over the house. You just bow your heads with me just for a moment. Father, we love you. This is your time. These are your moments.
And we stand before you needing you more than we even realize. And we're asking that you would transform us to be who you've called us to be. To live up to the name that you've put on us. Not a name that society or culture or past has put on us, but a name that you've put on us. Help us live up to that name. Help us to focus on you. I wonder today if you're in here. And maybe your heart is beginning to melt. God has wanted to hook up with you and He's wanting to connect with you. You know, your first step in transformation really is to accept Jesus into your heart and into your life. Until you're willing to do that, nothing else we've talked about today really matters. You've got to be willing to accept Him in your heart. And so if you're in here today and you say, Pastor, man, that's me. I've, man, I've messed up my life so bad. I don't know which way is up, which way is down. I'm, I'm struggling all the time. and I'm held in bondage and I want to be free. Freedom is here for you today and His name is Jesus. So if you say, today is my day, I'm ready to release everything in me over to Him. I'm ready for Him to make me new. If that describes you, could you just slip a hand right where you are and say, I want to accept Him today. I want to know Him as my Savior. Today is my day. I saw some hands raised in this house. If you're serious about that, here's what I want us to do. Let's pray this as a family today. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, I believe that You died on the cross and You rose the third day. And Lord, I ask You now to come into my heart to use me because, Lord, I'm Yours. Father, help me to not get stuck in my past, but help me to move forward in You. Today is my day. It's my formerly but now moment. And I celebrate it in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today. Don't you stay right where you are. We're going to have our choir to come up here. They're going to be setting up.